come to kindergarten class. The Developmentally Appropriate Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to Kindergarten Kiosk. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Kathy. And today we're going to talk more about setting up your classroom because we've had a lot of requests to keep talking about it. So we will. Okay, here we go. (laughs) How's your room coming, Mom? Well, I haven't been to it since uh, for like three weeks, so I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) What? They're painting, aren't they? Did you say they're painting? No, they're painting the room next door and they're storing all the stuff in my room. Oh, so you can't really... So I'm not getting any reward for all that junk (laughs) in my classroom. (laughs) They're just storing it because they're painting the room next door. So when I went over and saw that, I'm like, "Uh, okay, I'll come back some other day. Come back later. Mine's getting close. I think it's at least to the point where I can start thinking about, you know, like the real work of teaching and less about where the furniture is going to go at least. I know. Isn't that amazing? That, That's a good feeling. That all the placement of furniture and where you're putting the things and how you're storing things have such an impact on your teaching. Yeah. Because you have to get all of that out of the way before you actually can get to the matter at hand of curriculum preparation. I've been at a conference this week, and I've met a few kindergarten teachers that are new to the classroom. And we've received a few emails of people who are new to the classroom, to kindergarten, or moving down, or it's their very first teaching job. And so uh, I've been really thinking about how I attacked the classroom my very first year. And I think what we talked about in our last episode of cleaning out the room, maybe we should kind of talk about that to begin with. Because talk about a brand that a new. More teacher and walking in a brand new room, which happened to me this year and mm-hmm. which happened to you this year. You walk in this brand new classroom and unless it's a new school, which odds are it's not, someone has been in that classroom prior to you. Mm-hmm. And more often than not, they have left a lot of stuff. Unless they like changed schools in the same district and they took all their stuff with them. Yeah, so that, that can, can happen, happen too. too. But even if they do that, they leave junk behind. They do leave stuff behind. Because every room that I've left, I've taken, even when I moved from in within the district and was allowed to take what I wanted to, Mm -hmm. I took the good stuff, but I left a huge amount of (laughs) junk. So is is that our advice, is if there's stuff left in your classroom, it's probably junk. Someone didn't want it. Is that that what we're saying? Yeah, it, it, it has been my experience that, yeah, it's junk. <laughs> but amidst the junk, you are going to find a treasure. I mean, do you, watch, do you watch the Pickers show, American Pickers? Only when I'm with you. I love that show. And it reminds me of going into a brand new classroom. You go into those hoarders' houses. <laughs> and if you dig deep enough... <laughs> There's treasures. You find a treasure. And so every classroom I've moved into, I have found great stuff. Yeah. But you have to dig for it. Well, the problem is there might be good stuff, but if you don't know what it's for, you'll never be able to use it. So just get rid of it. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's what I found because there were a lot of things my first year teaching that I remember going through this stuff and thinking, I don't know what this is, but it's probably useful, so I'll keep it. And then I never used it because Mm -hmm. I didn't know what it was. You know, there's some things that 
people make for themselves and you don't know what they used it for or how they used it so you might as well not keep it yeah and they were probably great things that they used i'm sure in my room i've left things behind that i thought was great and i used all the time but i left it behind because it was purchased with classroom money and since i left the district it had to stay and i'm sure she's tossed it out already (laughs) because you know things have different meaning to different people so i think we should reiterate our advice of when you first go into the classroom you do unfortunately have to pull everything out of every cupboard and make three piles. Make a keep pile, make ooh, I don't know pile, and goodbye, have fun at Goodwill pile. (laughs) 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 And the keep pile, just, you know, find your place that you're gonna put that, but the stuff you don't know about, and and I gave this advice last episode, I put it in a box and labeled um, on it, look at this at the end of the year, and and then just put it in a storage spot. I took them both home, like in my garage, mm-hmm. and at the end of the school year, I opened them and went through them, and neither time I kept anything. You actually kept them. I, I like to through it. The stuff when I go through stuff, I like to organize it by kind, because a lot of things I know are going to be useful, but I don't know how I'm going to use them yet. Like, I'm going to speak to math again because that's mm-hmm. apparently what I do. But, like, I went through the room and I found a whole bunch of dice and some blank dice and some number dice. And I found a whole bunch of number cards. I found a whole bunch of wooden blocks and shaped uh, pattern blocks. I, didn't, I just found a whole lot of math materials. And I'm not exactly sure where I'm going to need them all yet but I know they're all going to be useful so what I did was I just uh there was a there was a shelf with bins in it so I just made one bin for dice and one bin for cards and one bin for every everything that I found I just put it together in kind so that when I need it I know where it is because there was a lot of good stuff in there but it was all mixed in with other things like I'm sure what happened was she made a game and it needed dice so she made a bag and she put the bag in there and added dice to it but I didn't I wasn't going to use the game so I pulled out the dice so I can use it for what I need it for yeah I think that's a really great idea oh and another thing probably besides having the store box you know the keep box the store it till the end of the year and the throwaway is um, consider having a fourth box. To my last classroom, I had a fourth box, and that box was stuff I'm never gonna use, but is still good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so when I left my last classroom, I had actually three giant boxes full of stuff that I'm sure she probably will use, but I didn't need it because mm-hmm. I had my own stuff or I had things that fit my style better. Mm-hmm. So I think that's an important thing too, to have a to store things that perhaps the next person might want. That's if I If I find really stuff mean. that's... And you have if, room. Yeah, if I ever find stuff that is still good stuff, but I can't use it, I put it in the faculty room with a take this if you want it note on it, and then anybody who can use it can go get it. Yeah, I think, I think all schools have that central yeah. location that you put And if things, you're new, but... go find where that is, because there's a lot of stuff there. <laughs> yeah, you can find a lot of stuff. And usually when I haul something down there, I usually haul like one thing down there and end up hauling one thing back. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
we just trade each other. Yeah, because another man's junk, you know. So I want to tell everybody about the public surplus website. Okay. Because that has been, that that's helped me a little bit. Um, because that's helped me setting up my classroom this year. It's publicsurplus.com. And my school district, if they have anything that teachers, if a teacher has something in her room, like a bookshelf that she doesn't need, she'll send it to the surplus warehouse in our district. And then teachers can go to the surplus warehouse and look through, and if there's anything in the surplus warehouse you need, then you can tag it and they send it to your school. And I did that, and I went over to our district surplus warehouse, and there was a sand and water table there that somebody didn't want. And those things are not cheap. Yeah, that's exciting. So I tagged it, and they sent it over to my school, and it's in my classroom now. And then uh, I was looking on the website, and a different district in the state was selling a bookshelf, and I needed a bookshelf. Um, and I couldn't just go get it because it was a different district, but I bought it from them for about 20 bucks, which that was a nice find too because those things were like 200 bucks. Mm-hmm. online and I know there's that the website is all across the United States so maybe some other people can find some lucky finds so Craigslist it, is nice too so for what's that. the H Pub, the public surplus.com I think yeah and so it doesn't com, matter what weird. district you're in or where you're at everyone can go in and bid on that mm-hmm you just have oh, to go and great. set up an account, and it's they're all government. It's all government surplus, so it's all cities surplusing things and schools and universities. Um, but you you just go in and you auction it off, and they usually start at about a dollar. So, well, that would be a great way to start setting up your classroom. Yeah, if you're looking another for stuff. thing that I used a lot of when um, I was in my first years of teaching was milk crates. <laughs> amazing things out of milk crates and well that's I because just, at your school you could hold on to the milk crates after after yeah. snack time right they'd bring milk in the milk crates at snack and then they'd let mm-hmm. you have them right mm-hmm. and well and you just ask the cooks if it's okay if you hold on to them and they had us ask the milk delivery men and they're like sure you can hang on to them and uh, now my new school they have the milk delivered in boxes or my one I just left they don't have milk they had crates it anymore. in boxes. Yeah, so I don't know if that's a trend, but milk crates you can also purchase pretty easily at, I think, online and at Walmart. I don't think they're expensive at all. And so I would just stack them together to make bookcases or room dividers, um, storage shelves. I just did that because I needed a shelf behind my guided reading table, and I didn't want to buy one, so I had a few milk crates from you. So I gorilla taped them all together, and now I have a nice little shelf behind my oh, guided okay. reading table of milk crates gorilla taped together. You know, I was thinking if you really needed to, you could use cardboard boxes in the same way. You really could. They're not you that could. sturdy, but you could. But orange, like orange boxes, they're pretty sturdy. Yeah, orange boxes aren't bad. Well, I was thinking about boxes specifically for dramatic play because you have a really nice dramatic play area with a little nice built-in playhouse. But your husband's also a carpenter, so not everybody's going to have that. 
Well, my and... first playhouse was made out of milk crates. Mm-hmm. Well, I was thinking cardboard boxes wouldn't be bad. And I really, I really liked reading Christy Mraz's book, Purposeful Play, because reading that showed me you don't have to have anything fancy in your room to make it a playful room for kids. I mean, as teachers, we like to have nice looking things in our rooms, but we don't have to have beautiful furniture and fancy costumes and you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Kids don't need, I mean, need that to play. They just need a spot where you tell them they're free to play and throw in some boxes to build structures and throw in some fabric to make some pretend costumes and they're good. Mm-hmm. They're happy. And like for blocks, if you don't have blocks in your classroom, but you want a block center, which hopefully everyone does want a block STEM STEM center. center. Everybody wants a STEM center. Why don't (laughs) you want a STEM center? You know, I found that it's pretty easy to get pieces of wood at lumber stores. You just go ask them for a box full of their small pieces of wood Mm -hmm. because they cut things for people for free. And then they just put all those pieces of wood into a box. The scraps, the wood scraps. For scraps. And, um, you know, a great activity is to have your kids sand blocks one day. Mm-hmm. And that's a great fine motor skill for them to do. Also, there's so many Facebook selling groups or online groups um, where people are selling things. Mm-hmm. I think blocks is really easy to find. Yeah, well, and I think parents, the parents of your kids will be a great resource too, no matter where you are, because kids grow up and they grow out of their toys, but kindergartners are eternal. That's true. Anything else about... Well, and I think thrift stores, for sure, Mm -hmm. and yard sales. I've found lots of great things at yard sales, and... You just have to look hard, and I think the surplus one is a great advice. So hopefully if you're a brand new teacher and have a limited budget like we all do, you'll be able to find creative ways to um, stock your room. Yeah, and it takes time. I mean, I was looking at that video of your classroom from last year. It takes time to get to that point. That doesn't come right away. Yeah, that takes time to accumulate that, those things. It, it takes a lot of time. And so I guess my advice is if you want to build up to that type of room that has, you know, magazine-worthy room, I guess. We, your, we your see them as a magazine. No, not speaking of my room. I'm speaking of Pinterest. Pinterest. <laughs> Pinterest. If you want to get depressed... Look at Pinterest. Pinterest is so hard because everything really is just photographed like a magazine, and you I know, want to put is. yourself up against that, and then so, you just come away. But Pinterest, sad. everyone's putting their best stuff. Right. So if you see a spot in a room that is awesome and you love it on Pinterest, you need to remember that they're not showing you their whole room. <laughs> they're showing you a corner that that's what they wanted. So if you want to have a room like that, you know, just choose one spot, one center, and just start with that one. Just start with one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. And then have the others made out of milk crates. Don't <laughs> let Pinterest overwhelm you by thinking you have to do it all at once. Oh, man. I just cannot look at Pinterest very much. Because I can't either because I come away so sad. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I just really can't. It is really overwhelming. In fact, I want to start a new company that is 
where everybody just posts pictures of real life. Well, that would be called a Pinterest fail. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Pinterest. Well, There's, that already exists. <laughs> well, I need to look it up. But I don't want it to really be a Pinterest fail because I don't want it to be a fail. I want it to be real, real. life. I want my batch of cookies really look like this. <laughs> this is or what my, they actually my look really like. really looks like this. <laughs> That's what I want. So I want a Pinterest reality. So we received an email from a teacher that specifically asked if we talk about how we organize our stuff in our file cabinets, because we kind of alluded to it a little bit in the Yeah, because you said you have like 100 filing cabinets. Is that the (laughs) number? 100? Uh Well... Four is what I kept. <laughs> but remember, I could have could eight. Have had there eight. was eight 100? in the classroom. A hundred. I moved into, there was eight. Okay. But I kept four. And so I I've had my file cabinets filed in a whole bunch of different ways. I actually started my career with them alphabetically. Because that sounds hard. The one I student taught for taught me how to file alphabetically. And then I changed to um, monthly, mm-hmm. and then I changed to thematically. I remember when your your filing cabinets were marked with months on them. Mm-hmm. I remember that. And so I've changed now that the way I have all my uh, stuff filed is I have a file three file cabinets that are filled with reading games. Mm-hmm. So there are activities and games that are ready and prepared. And if you go to our website and you look at one of our thematic units or our supplemental games, you'll see that everything is set up to make and laminate and put in a baggie and put in a file cabinet. And keep it forever. And keep it forever. And so, you know, some of those games I've had for lots of years, probably 20. <laughs> and so I have a drawer that is um, like syllable games. Mm-hmm. Or, and, and I've got them configured however they fit in the file cabinet, mm-hmm. you know. I just don't have a drawer syllables. Mm-hmm. But I have them by categories, like beginning sound games or um, segmenting games, blending games, onset rhyme games, sight word games, like that. So I have three filing cabinets that are filed like that. And the thing I love about it is I have because I teach thematically, but all of my thematic units, I have a guide sheet at the beginning of every thematic unit. And so if I'm teaching um, bears, then I just get out that guide sheet and I see what games are valuable with bear themes. And I'm able to pull those out from where I want them if I want a specific bear theme game to fit the category I want it to fit and what I want it to teach. Or if it's an intervention group, I know right to go, where to go for a syllable game and to pull one out for an intervention aid that comes in and helps. And so I found that that really has helped to change all those other methods of filing that I've used to have them by categories. But in order to be successful with them by categories for me, because I'm a thematic teacher, is I have to have those thematic guides to tell me where where those games where are. So you've gone from having everything alphabetized to having it month by month, and now you just have it by skill. So mm-hmm. 
So like mm-hmm. all of the well, after skills. alphabetized, then month by month, I filed thematically, and now mm-hmm. I've and now you've done two. it by skill. Mm-hmm. So but like all of the have... phonemic awareness games are together, and all the phonics mm-hmm. games are together, and all the. I could see how that might work really well because your kids change every year and their needs change every year and the pace at which they need stuff changes. That is exactly what was holding me up when I had them filed thematically was, or monthly even, mm-hmm. was your group of kids are different every year. And this mm-hmm. year is when I tore it apart and made it this way mm-hmm. because I'd been wanting to do it that way for several years, mm-hmm. but I just had not taken the time to do it. But this classroom drove me to it because I had a very specific high-low class. Mm -hmm. And so their needs were just different than how I had my stuff filed. Mm -hmm. And so it was worth my time to take it apart. And what I have done with my thematic stuff and my units is instead of filing those in the file cabinet, I have those in um, like Sterilite boxes. Mm -hmm. And so I have, and since I'm talking about bears, so I have all my bear books in there. I have my props for bear book, for bear activities. I have some STEM activities for bears. So any of the stuff Mm -hmm. that I'm going to use, I have in this box. So when I'm gonna teach the bear unit, I just pick up this box. And of course, because schools are tiny, I store this stuff at my home. (laughs) And I put the bear box in my car and drive it to school. And then I keep it at school the whole time I'm doing that very unit. And I found that I just love my stuff filed all together in a box like that. Mm -hmm. Because I had before, I had some in the file cabinet. My books were in the closet in my classroom. Mm -hmm. And and now everything bare is in that box. Mm -hmm. And then my math um, filing cabinet is filed similarly to my reading. It's filed with uh, like all the numbers zero to five games are together mm-hmm. then the zero to ten games are filed together the number sense matching number and quantity um equal mm-hmm. more than less than equal games are all stored together and and all of the math skills that are standards based so um i guess my math is it's it's uh, organized by by kind too i think or not yeah Skill. Skill. That's the word. It's organized by skill too. Yeah. I do like having I do like having access to the skill I need to teach all in one place. But I also do like having the materials that go with the theme all together. I found that was really helpful too. Because I there are there are things that I'm gonna need all at the same time. So it's nice to have them all together. Yeah, it really is. I have found that to be um, so great because anything science or social studies or writing any anything that has to do with that theme I store in that box yeah. well I guess I mean because there are some things that you will use together at the same time of year no matter what skills your kids come in with you know like mm-hmm. you always like to do like the bears the bears are one of your first units aren't they November what's one of your first ones uh, insects. Insects. So you're always going to do insects around Halloween. Uh, so all it's nice to have all the insect stuff together. But the things they learn with their insects, you know, is it going to be alphabet or is it going to be sight word insects or is it going to mm-hmm. be uh, CVC word insects? That's going to change every year. So 
Yeah, exactly. So, for example, in my spider box, which is what I do in October, I have all my spider books. I have things that I'm going to put out at my science center. I have some I have some spider puzzles. I have some spider writing activities, like the can have our writing activities, my writing center for spiders, everything I just keep right in there because I know I'm going to use all that stuff when I do spiders, no matter what the level the students are. Mm-hmm. So I thought of one other idea about organizing just the furniture in your room. Okay. I think if you're going into a brand new room, definitely ask your custodian for help. Because oh they're, the they're the like best. That is like a key detail. Because I, ha- I didn't have furniture that was working in my room, so I sent an email to the custodian and said, I need smaller tables. These tables are so big, I can't fit what I need to fit. And she just wrote back, oh, I got smaller tables. How many do you need? <laughs> I know. So, I had um, a million trapezoid tables in my room in my old school, and the custodian brought me said, "Well, I have a rectangle one," and he brought it in, and I loved it. And then every occasionally, I'd walk into my room, and there's another rectangle room <laughs> with trapezoid tables gone. Yeah. So custodians really, really are helpful. They can really help you get the what and you they need. know what's in the whole school. Uh-huh. They and know what's hidden in every cubby, every closet. Mm-hmm. They know they can find you stuff, and they know how to get you stuff too. And I don't think you should be afraid to ask your principal either if you really are needing something and you don't have it, because they'll yeah. I think you too. should. I think you should go ask your principal. Principals have to be a little careful because you know they have to be fair and equal right. to all the teachers in the building. But they will know possibly another teacher that doesn't want that item, mm-hmm. or they can ask other teachers if they have any of that available. Mm-hmm. And ask your team too, because I found out about the surplus warehouse from my team, like in my second year of teaching when I had nothing in my room, and my teacher friend down the hall had lots of cute things in her room, and I said, "Where did you get all that stuff?" Oh, I just went to the surplus warehouse and picked it up. Yeah, if your district has a surplus warehouse, find out about it because you're really lucky you have I am that. lucky. I like that. But your teammates may know some other tricks for you. Mm-hmm. Or in your even in your grade level PLC, you might want to say, I'm looking for this for my room. And someone might have that in their room and they're not using it and it's basically in their way. For example, I have two easels in my room. I don't need two easels in my room. I only need one. And I went to a kindergarten meeting today and I saw the lady that was in the room prior to me. She's going to a different school and I asked her how it was going. And you know what she told me? What? She said, it's going good, but the room doesn't have a single easel in it. And I'm trying to figure out where to get an easel from. And I said, we'll take one of your old ones because I'm only going to use one. Oh, I bet she was happy. She she said thank you. <laughs> yeah, because well, things just fit differently in different rooms. It does, yeah. And like for different. example, I went into one room and um, I said, "Oh my word!" She had this cool metal, like just a sheet of metal mm-hmm. on the, that she had tacked to the back of a shelf. And I'm like, "Oh my gosh, where did you get that? That's so awesome!" And she said, "Oh, well, you if you just go here to such and such place, and it's a." heating store Mm -hmm. you just tell them what measurement you want and 
they sell, they'll cut it for you and bend the corners for you and make it all childproof. And, and it was $10. That's not bad. And so make sure you ask what people are doing. Ask around. And if you look at Pinterest, don't get depressed. Don't just, <laughs> yeah, don't get overwhelmed by Pinterest. So it makes me remember another email we've gotten from a listener. And they said that they really are enjoying our podcast because it's real life kindergarten. And I guess that's what we aim to do. I mean, <laughs> I, I, this, we want to help people in the real world deal with real situations <laughs> in real kindergarten. <laughs> Yes, we do. So I took that as a compliment. Thank I took you. that as a compliment, too. I think it is a compliment, and I will take it. So you know what I, else I want to say is there comes a, you can't get everything, especially your first year in a brand-new room. You can't get everything perfect because you haven't taught at that room at that school yet, and you don't know exactly everything you're going to need. So just get it to the point where you know where everything is, and you're fairly comfortable and then put it behind you and get down to the teaching work because that's what you really want to be doing. At least that's what I really want to be doing. And, <laughs> and, and you, want you to can change centers, it later. Yeah, and if you want to do centers, you can start with the basket approach of centers. Just have a basket that you take to a table and that's going to be the science center. Or mm -hmm. This basket's going to be the... Um, writing center. And this basket's going to be the post office, and this basket's yeah, your so stand box. just. But I would choose one place to make Pinterest worthy mm -hmm. for yourself. Mm -hmm. I would just choose one area to start, and I certainly wouldn't look at Pinterest to get the idea. I would do what you makes you happy. Just what, pick one mm -hmm. area in your room that you're really going to make the way mm -hmm. you want it to be, and just let mm -hmm. the rest of it go because there's other things to do. And it might even be just a cute border. Mm -hmm. My reading center, um, I put a really cute, attractive border, and now I'm perfectly happy <laughs> because it just was soothing to me. Mm -hmm. Just remember, your classroom is for your children. It's not for people to come in and say, oh, your classroom's so beautiful. And it's not for people to look at on Pinterest and say, oh, it's so beautiful. It's for your children to say, oh, I can learn in this space. And I feel I safe this in this room. space. And I feel safe in this room. And I'm loved here. That's all you need. That's all you need. Yep. So next week, we're going to talk about um, the things you need to do to get off to a great start for the school year. We're also working on a companion blog post for that that's going to have lots of great ideas that are practical get you going ideas because honestly teaching kindergarten the first nine weeks of school is I always compare it to childbirth if you remembered how terrible it was you would never have another child and in May if you remembered how hard it was to teach kindergarten you wouldn't go back the next year I'm laughing because your nan is funny <laughs> So the microphone only hears me and not Nana. Well, thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you next time. And keep those emails coming. It's giving us lots of great ideas to um, podcast about because we want to talk about practical things that and give advice that help you.
our listeners. So you can email us at kindergartenkiosk at gmail.com and make sure you check out our website, kindergartenkiosk.com. We have lots of practical advice on there and helps for teachers of young children. Thanks for listening, everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye. Kindergarten Kiosk is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, a network of podcasts for educators, by educators. For more information, visit edupodcastnetwork.com. That's E-D-U podcastnetwork.com. Now can I listen to it?